Welcome to God, the Bible, and Spiritual Things Explained, where you get insight surrounding God, the Bible, and spiritual things that you may or may not have heard before. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, God's Child. Today we'll be looking at the question, what must we really do to be saved? Now, there's a lot of misinformation out there about this. I know because I've heard it. One of the ways that people judge whether someone is saved or not is how they dress or how they look. Now, if we look at the religious leaders in the Bible, the Pharisees, we see that they dressed in long robes and they looked the part of being holy, of what we would call maybe saved. But Jesus called them hypocrites, and they were some of the main ones behind wanting to have Jesus crucified. So I think we can definitely scratch how we dress and how we look as determining whether we are saved off the list. (laughs) Okay, Um, and I remember there was a time when I used to go out with uh, different groups to evangelize the people, basically to tell them about the good news, to tell them about Jesus, and to tell them about salvation. And sometimes we would hear some wild stories from them about what church people told them they must do in order to be saved. And I remember um, this one person, they said they were um, in the church and they had said the prayer to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They joined the church and later that church sent out letters asking a series of questions. And one of those questions was, do you speak in tongues? Well, the person didn't speak in tongues. So that church actually told them that they weren't saved. So they went away believing that they weren't saved. And I can tell you that nowhere in the Bible does it say that you must speak in tongues in order to be saved. Now, it does say that it is a sign that follows those who believe, but it does not strictly say that you must speak in tongues in order to be saved. So I think we can scratch that one off the list. Uh, Another way that people judge whether someone is saved or not is by what they don't do. And uh, one is Two of the biggest things that people look at are whether someone smokes or drinks. So even if a person says that they're saved and someone may see them smoking or drinking, they'll say that, oh, they're not saved. And this is a fallacy. It does not say that anywhere in the Bible. Okay. Um, as a matter of fact, I do remember Jesus turning water into wine. <laughs> okay. So I think that we can scratch that off the list. And these are just like a few of the things uh, that I've heard. There's so, so many more out there floating around uh, that people have, you know, told people that they must do in order to be saved. And today, what I'm going to do is go through the Bible through the scripture and see what the Bible has to say. So I'll be reading some scriptures that show what Jesus and the disciples had to say about this question. What must we do to be saved? I mean, what must we really do to be saved? So I'm going to start with John chapter 14, verse 6. And here is just one simple verse. Jesus himself is speaking to the disciples. And Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
Okay, I think he shut it down right there. He basically said, the only way you're going to be able to be saved, to have that eternal relationship with my father, is that you must believe that I am the way, the truth, and the life. You must accept me. You must believe that I am who I am, that I am the way, the truth, and the life. Otherwise, you won't be saved. So I think he shuts it down right there and tells us what must we really do to be saved. Okay, um, now we're going to go to John chapter three, verses three through 18. Now, here we go with the Pharisees. Okay, this one is a story about Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee, who creeps. In the nighttime to go see Jesus because his boys, the other Pharisees, were out to get Jesus and had all manner of bad things to say about him that they need to get rid of him. And Nicodemus didn't really want them to know that he believed something else other than what they believed and knew that there was something, something different, something special about Jesus. But you know how people are. They don't want their boys or the popular crowd or whoever they're with to really know that they really admire the person that they are out to get or that they're downing or dogging out. So Nicodemus was one of those people that couldn't stand up to do that in front of him. So he decided to creep at night to go see Jesus. So let's see what Jesus has to say as he's talking to Nicodemus about what we must really do to be saved. Now, starting with verse 3. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus responded and said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless someone is born again, he can't see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a person be born when he is old? He can't enter his mother's womb a second time and be born, can he? Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless someone is born of water and the spirit, he can't enter the kingdom of God. That which has been born of the flesh is flesh. That which has been born of the spirit is spirit. Don't be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but you don't know where it is coming from and where it is going. So is everyone who has been born of the spirit. Nicodemus responded and said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, you're the teacher of Israel, and yet you don't understand these things. Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and testify of what we've seen. And you people don't accept our testimony. If I told you earthly things and you don't believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the son of man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the son of man be lifted up so that everyone who believes will have eternal life in him. Verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but so that the world might be saved through him. The one who believes in him is not judged. 
the one who does not believe has been judged already because he's not believed in the name of the only son of God. Now, right here, verses 16 through 18, that's the clincher to answer that question. What must we really do to be saved? He says, for God did not send the son into the world, which was him, Jesus, to judge the world, but so that the world might be saved through him. So clearly it says we must be saved through Jesus. And he says later on that we must believe in the name of the only son of God. And that is Jesus, a.k.a. Yeshua HaMashiach. So we must believe that God sent him into the world that we might be saved so that we could have eternal life through him. And there's your answer to the question right there. But we're going to go on a little bit further. Let's go to Acts chapter 16 verses 30 through 31. Here Luke wrote about Paul and Silas when they were jailed in Macedonia. Now, the keeper of the prison or the jailer is going to ask the question to Paul and Silas about being saved. So starting with verse 30 and here the jailer asks, and after he brought them out, he says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. So there you have it. Answer to the question, what must we really do to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Okay, now we're going to take it even further. Let's go ahead and go to Acts chapter 4, verses 1 through 12. And especially verse 12 will answer this question for us, but we're going to read all of them. And in these verses, we have Peter and John. They have uh, been arrested after healing a beggar. And they preached that it was his belief in Jesus and the resurrection that actually brought about his healing. And they didn't like that. That's why they ended up being arrested. Okay, uh, but let's go ahead and start reading, starting with verse one. As they were speaking to the people, the priest and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to them, being greatly disturbed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in prison until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the message believed, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes were gathered together in Jerusalem. And Annas, the high priest, was there, and Caiaphas, John and Alexander, and all who were of high priestly descent. When they had placed them in the center, they began to inquire, By what power and what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man as to how this man has been made well, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name, this man stands here before you in good health. He is the stone which was rejected by you, the builders but which became the chief cornerstone. 
And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among mankind by which we must be saved. So there you have it. Standing in the power of the Holy Spirit, he said that name, Jesus Christ, by the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name, this man, the man that was healed, stands here before you in good health. And he says, there is no one else, no one else. And there is no other name under heaven that has been given among mankind by which we must be saved. So here, again, he drives it home that we must believe in Jesus Christ, a.k.a. Yeshua HaMashiach, that he is the one through which we receive our salvation. We must believe in him if we're going to be saved. The only name, the only one through whom we shall have salvation through. So to answer that question, what must we really do to be saved? We must believe in him, Jesus Christ, and what he did in order to be saved. Now, we're going to keep going. Let's go to Romans chapter 10, and especially verses 9 through 10, but we're going to read 1 through 13. And this is Paul as he writes to the Romans. And he says, brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for them is for their salvation. For I testify about them that they have a zeal for God, but not in accordance with knowledge. For not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own, they did not subject themselves to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law. For righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes of the righteousness that is based on the law, that the person who performs them will live by them. But the righteousness based on faith speaks as follows. Don't say in your heart who will go up into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will ascend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? Here's that clincher. Answering that question, what must we really do to be saved? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we are preaching. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Answering that question. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What must we really do to be saved? And they say, confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. That's what we must do in order to be saved. Now, we're going to go ahead and we got one more scripture 
here to seal the deal of the question what must we really do to be saved and this is Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 through 9 and it reads for by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not of yourselves it is the gift of God not a result of works so that no one may boast so in order to believe you must have faith you must have faith in something in order to believe that it is you must have faith that it is what it is so when it says that we must believe on the name of Jesus Christ you must have faith that he is the one that God sent to save us you must believe in what he did when he came down and died for our sins that we might through him be saved and have eternal life with God you must have faith in that and believe and then you confess it with your mouth so as Ephesians says for by grace you have been saved there's nothing but the grace the grace is the goodness of God that all we have to do is believe that his son came and died for our sins his one and only son Yeshua Hamashiach aka Jesus Christ came and died for our sins we must have faith in this though we may not have seen it though we may not have been there you must believe that he is the one that you must go through as he said himself I am the way I am the truth I am the life no man can come to the father except by me except through me so you must take that grace of God that he's given and say if you believe in my son that I sent him to save the world that he came and he died for your sins and he was raised up again because he's no longer there in the grave he is no longer there in the grave he you must believe in that resurrection that he is alive okay you must believe all that has been said about his son Yeshua Hamashiach aka Jesus Christ and that most of all he came that we might be saved it is the goodness of God that all we have to do is believe okay it's not in what we do it says in Ephesians 4 by the grace you have been saved through faith your faith that you believe that Jesus is who God says he is that he is our salvation it is through him that we're saved he is the way he is the truth and the life we must confess with our mouths and just believe in our hearts just believe in our hearts it's not based on what it's not based on what we do all those things that the people said oh it's in how you dress the pharisees dressed apart but they weren't saved it's not in you not drinking or smoking can't be good enough can't be good enough so it says for by the grace that God has given us that we have been saved through faith believing his son that's all we have to, a simple very simple thing believe that Jesus is who God said he is and who he said he is when he was here there is no one else 
no other name by which we must be saved than that name of Jesus Christ, a.k.a. Yeshua HaMashiach, who came and died for our sins and rose again that we might have eternal life in the Father. He is the only way. And that is what we must really do to be saved. And that is a gift of God. It's not a result of works that we may boast. Oh, I don't drink. I don't smoke. Oh, look at how I dress. I'm covered. I'm all covered up from head to toe. No, it's not about that. The Pharisees were covered up ha, ha, in their long robes. And you know what else they were covering up? The evil that they meant towards Jesus to have him killed, to have him crucified. Ha! Yes, they they were covered up. Yes, in their clothes and their clothes were also covering up that deep evil that they had towards him to want to get rid of him. But baby, baby, they weren't saved. No, 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 because they didn't believe. They didn't believe that he was who he said he was. No, that's why they were out after him. They didn't believe, so they weren't saved. But the word tells us here, and all these scriptures have pointed out, even Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You shall not come to the Father except through me. And it says, God sent his only son into the world that the world might be saved. You must confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. That Jesus is who he who he is. He came and died for our sins and he rose again. You must believe in the resurrection. He was resurrected. Okay. You must believe all that the word says about him. That he is who he said he is and he came to save us. So that's what we must do. To really be saved. Confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart. That God raised him from the dead. And you will be saved. That he is Lord. So it's not by all these other things. And it's just as simple as that. As these scriptures have pointed out. Based on the word of God, you have it, what you must really do to be saved. And I want to encourage you, don't just take my word for it, but do your own study, read and pray so that you can know that you know that you know. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior in order to receive eternal salvation but would like to, according to Romans chapter 10 verse 9, all you have to do is confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. Want a little help with that? Repeat this simple prayer after me. Lord God, forgive me for my sins. I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose again so that I may have eternal life in you. So I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Amen. It's as simple as that. Now you're part of the family of God. 
Wherever you are, find a local church or a group of believers that can help and support you on your new journey in your new life in Christ Jesus. Many blessings to you as you walk in who God created you to be, doing what he blessed and equipped you to do. You are God's child. Want to bless or show support for God, the Bible, and spiritual things explained? Well, you're welcome to send a financial gift to Cash App using hashtag G-T-B-S-T-E. You're also invited to pick up a little inspired merch from our store at zazzle.com forward slash store forward slash G-T-B-S-T-E. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast with other listeners. Thank you in advance and God bless you as he blesses those who bless his children. Catch you another time, another day, another episode for God, the Bible, and Spiritual Things Explained. Thank <laughs> you.